morning, everyone. Welcome to our church and welcome to our communion time, communion table. This is a time where we invite God to descend among us in a special way. We know the Holy Spirit lives in our body, so our body is a temple of God already, right? But on the other hand, the congregational gathering, and especially at the communion table, is a really special time for God to be among us and then be present. So we are inviting God to descend among us in a special way, sanctifying us, to make us holy. To do that, we have to dump the dirt by confession. Then we can invite him to fill us with his glory and holiness. So give God a moment in confessing and prayer, then we'll do the communion. Holy God of heaven, our creator, our king, our God, and above all, our Father. We come to you with gladness that you have decided to create us. You could have decided not to create anything, but you decided to create us. And you have decided to give us the free will so we might, not, we might know and receive your love. And so we might not. Our ancestor, the first couple, made the wrong choice. They were tested and they failed. And ever since, we struggled in sin, in rebellion, and in suffering. But thank you for from the beginning, before the foundation of the world, you have elected a portion of humanity to be made into the bride of Christ, the church. And then together with Christ, the eternal Son, we shall inherit your kingdom, your estate, for the eternity to come. That is your wisdom, your sovereignty. And thank you for you sending your Son, who paid for our sins by his holy life, voluntarily walking to death, that we are now freed from our debt to you, and we can be called into your kingdom as your citizen and now adopted into your family, born by the Holy Spirit, adopted by the Father, and with a marriage contract to the Son. We have now been given the sonship to inherit the kingdom to come. All of this is your grace, pure grace, and we are totally undeserved, but we are so glad that you have decided so. We are happy to receive your grace, and we pray that your grace will change us as you, your will determined from the beginning. That at the end, we'll be sanctified, we'll be holy, we'll be like Christ. And now, we're willing to let the Holy Spirit, who dwells in us, who never leave us, to change us, to remind us of our sins, and to be willing to be reformed. And then as a sculptor chipping away the rocks, that's not necessary. We're willing to go through that so that we shall become beautiful at the end when Christ comes. We pray that today as we come to your table of communion, we confess all the thoughts, words, and actions 
that have fallen short of holiness, of righteousness, of perfection, of your character and your ideal and the life of Christ. Anywhere fallen short, we confess and we're willing to take your punishment. But you have given the punishment on the cross. And we who died with cross through faith, we have been given a new life, a new spirit, and then the new purpose of life to live as Christ representative on the earth, to be sanctified and ultimately glorified. We thank you. And we, through the confession, we pray for the cleansing. We pray for the filling of the Holy Spirit. We pray for empowerment, for the power to defeat sin, the temptations, the three major ones, uh, the, the lust of the eyes, which is great, uh, greed, the lust of the flesh, which is fleshliness, and the pride of life, which is pride. Those are the sins, the temptations for our spirit, soul, and body. We pray that we shall be made anew, not only positionally, but also practically. With the confession, we pray that you descend among us and then make us holy and then let your word sh and truth shine and make us your tower of light in this world who, which needs your light and your love. We pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Please come and deliver me these elements. In our communion devotional, uh, we have been comparing the two covenants uh, in, in the previous series. Now let's uh, start a new series. Okay, let's start. Let's look at into the spirit of the law. Okay, what is the essential document 
of the Old Covenant, popularly called the Ten Commandments. Okay, in the Bible, actually, it calls it the Decalogue. In other words, Deca is ten, Logos is word. So, in other words, ten the ten words. Of course, it's more than ten words. It means ten concepts, ten ideas. Okay, so the ten words are issued twice, once for the first generation when they came out of Egypt, and that was in Exodus 20, and once for the second generation who survived the, the wandering and they are entering the promised land, okay? And that was in, uh, in Deuteronomy 5, okay? So they are basically the same except a little bit different on the fourth, the reason of the fourth commandment, which is about Sabbath. Okay, one reason one said the reason for keeping the Sabbath day is to remember God's creation. Okay, for He rested on the seventh day, and the other said that uh, the reason to keep the Sabbath day is that you need to not only have rest yourself, but to give your servants and your animals a rest when you enter the promised land. So, if you one look in the past for God's creation, one look in the future. Because of God's redemption, okay. So that's the only difference. Everywhere the Decalogue in the two issues are the same, okay. And uh, we shall look at the why we call it Decalogue better than the Ten Commandments, because the first word is not a commandment uh, in in appearance. It actually is a reminder, but it is the most important. It implied a, a commandment, and it's the most important command, commandment of all. So, in Exodus 20, verse 2, God says, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of of slavery. That's it. That's the first word. Okay. It doesn't have a command. It has a reminder. I am the Lord, Yahweh, the eternal one, the, the I am. I am the one who is your God. Why am I your God? Because I took you out of Egypt, the land of slavery. And for that reason, what ought you do? You need to be grateful. That is the implied commandment. Even though not explicit, it was implied. Okay? And be grateful is the reason for obedience later. Why should Israelites obey God and obey the Ten Commandments and all the other case laws? Because they should be grateful to Yahweh who saved them out of slavery. Okay. And for Christians, did, were we in slavery before we are saved in faith? We were slaves to sin. Okay. We could not not to sin because not only we sin, we are sinners. And sinners sin. Okay. That's our identity. We have be condemned together with Adam, okay, until you have faith 
in the coming Messiah. Okay, so um, we have been freed from slavery to sin by whom? By Jesus Christ, who was sent by whom? By God the Father. Okay, and did Christ pay for all of our sins, past, present, and future? He did. And for those who have received him as our Savior, are our sins all paid? Do we have any debt left to God? No, it's all forgiven. Okay? And uh, how about our future sin? We haven't sinned. Do we have an immunity for prosecution? We actually have it. Okay? But should we abuse it and sin as we want? No, since now you've given a new life, new identity, you are now sons of God. You should, and you have the Holy Spirit of God, so you should know God's heart, God's value, and you should please Him. Okay? He loves us. We already received it. So let's work to please Him, to make Him like us more than loving us. Right? And we all know, if we have children, that we love them, we don't always like them. All right? And the liking and the be pleased with them is when they have obedience. And then when do they obey the best? When they recognize the parents love them and they should be grateful. Grateful. Okay. So the first commandment is the reason for all the later obedience. That's why it's the most important commandment. It's implied in the reminder. So what is the first spirit of the law? Be Grateful, okay. Israelites should be grateful for God delivered them out of Egypt. Christians should be grateful for God delivered us out of sin. Okay, so when we come here to the communion table, we are remembering the grace of God, okay. And through the remembrance, we should be led to the feeling sense. Uh, of being grateful. And that should lead us to obedience, okay? which is our life of sanctification. So that is what this is about. Okay? So as, as we gather today, when we take this communion, remember this bread is unleavened bread. It represents Christ's sinless life. He shouldn't have died. He didn't deserve that. But he gave his life out of obedience to the Father and the love for us. So when we take this, remember the grace he showed when he died on the cross, his sacrifice. And we take this in remembrance of him. When we drink this, remember that his blood shed for us and the uh, he also promised the second coming when we, he will celebrate um, the wedding with his bride, the church. And so when we take this, remember the past and look forward to the future. And therefore, today, be obedient. Okay. Take this in remembrance of him. Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. We come to you to thank you for loving us, for coming into this world that you created with the Father and the Holy Spirit, for making yourself a God and man, God and man. 
the only God-man, the only holy man, the only one who never sinned, who the only one who didn't deserve death. But you gave your life through a physical death, which is undeserved. And then you gave your life because of your obedience of the Father and your love for us. We're here to thank you. We're grateful, and because of that, we shall strive to obey. And may the Holy Spirit, whom you placed in us, remind us and guide us and make us holy, sanctify us until we are pleasing in your eyes at your second coming. We pray in your holy name. Amen.